Father God, thank you that you multiply the seed to every sower. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have just a couple of announcements for you before we uh, move on with the service. Just want to remind you that uh, we have our day sessions with Pastor Bob Yandian, and that is at our Area 51 building, right up the hill of the new black building up there. It's from 10 to noon. We had our first sessions this morning, and it was awesome, man. I mean, Pastor Bob Yandian is amazing. So if you can be here, be sure and be with us. Uh, be a great time. Also, tomorrow night, uh, Meals for Missions at 6 o'clock. They're going to be serving food. Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. I know everybody's been excited about that. So, uh, we'll be uh, serving at 6 o'clock, and then we'll have service at 7 o'clock. Pastor Greg will be bringing us the word tomorrow night. I know you're excited about that. <laughs> And then last but not least, Saturday night, we're having a worship night with Dave Bell. They're coming over. His band is coming from the U.K., and so we've been uh, asked to host them. So we're going to do that on Saturday night. Trevor, is that 6 or 7? 6 o'clock. And that will be the area. Oh, it'll be right in here. Okay. Okay. I got to get my details straight. Anyway, God bless you. Pass it on to Pastor Greg. Good evening and welcome to Arise 2022. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everybody here. We've got some special guests with us. Always good to see Pastor Chris and her crew all the way from Fresno, California. Amen. We're honored that you're in the house. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is good to see you, and it's good to be here. I'm so grateful for the stronghold tonight. I'm so grateful for Waymaker. I'm so grateful, hallelujah, for Glorious Bible Church, the best church in Wichita, Kansas. Is there anything good that can come out of Wichita? I was born in Wichita. There we go. There we go. God is good. Amen. And we've got our Bible school students here tonight. Trained Bible College. Amen. Hallelujah. So grateful. And guess what? We got three of our best people back from the Dominican Republic today. Well, actually four. But uh, I don't see her. I think she might have stayed home, but Pastor Karen is back in the house. Yeah. Rebecca's back in the house. Pastor Bob is back in the house. Yeah. Amen. It's good to see them back. Have a wonderful time. Amen. Now, this next speaker, I'm excited about the passion in his heart and the passion in both their hearts. They're really a team. It's a, I don't necessarily see them as individuals. I see them as a yeah, unit. It's true. you got to take both of them. Amen? True. <laughs> and uh, so I'm very grateful for them. And, and uh, we uh, had known about them for many years because they were friends with many of our friends and had uh, ministered in many churches that we had ministered at and uh, had fellowship with and always heard good things about what the Lord was doing in their life. Now, they're fixing to go to Uganda, I believe, Uganda. here. Now, when is it, next week? Or we leave a week from today. Leave a week from today. So what we want to do, and this is what the, how the Lord directed me to do it, is we want to pray for them right now. All right. All right. 
right. Because we don't yeah. know what the Lord has at the end of this thing, at the end of this service, so we want to do it right now. So I want to have them come on up here. They've requested that we would uh, pray and, uh, you know, just release them for this. And I'm going to ask the ministers to come on up here and uh, just surround them. Just move on up here. Just surround them and let's lay our hands on them. And you that are out there, just extend your hands towards them because they're going into dangerous places. They're going into places that may not be dangerous physically but can be dangerous spiritually. And so we need to pray protection over them in the name of Jesus. And that strong unction and utterance by the wisdom of God will go forth from their mouth. And everything that they do and everything that they say, they'll begin to see the power of God and the kingdom of God manifest in all that they do. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the Tompkins. We thank you, Father God, for this mission that's on their, this mandate that's on their life. And we just come into agreement with what you've done right now in Jesus' name. And we just declare that they are covered by the blood of Jesus. They are surrounded by the angels of God. The help from the sanctuary is around them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for strong unction and utterance by the Holy Ghost that they'll be able to speak words of life that will build things how I get this by the Spirit of the Lord. You're going to build stuff with your mouth. You're going to build stuff with your mouth. You're going to build stuff with your mouth. There's going to be a plots of land that nothing's on. It's just scrub bushes. And you're going to speak those things, and they're going to pop right up out of the ground. There's going to be like a Lowe's on the inside of your spirit that's just going to release resources into that situation. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? In Jesus' name, abundance, abundance, abundance in the name of Jesus. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We love and appreciate you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I really got the confirmation of really liking um, these wonderful people. When I heard, uh, while Bob Yandian was teaching today, um, his phone went off, and the ringtone was cashmere. I'll tell you what, I was cruising down Manford at 16 years old all over again. Amen. Hallelujah. Good stuff. So let's give a warm welcome to our special guest, David Tompkins. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. I'm glad my son didn't call. That would have been Stevie Ray Vaughan. That's the truth. Hallelujah. Wow. What an incredible time we're having in this conference, pastors, Greg, sister Karen, good to see you home. You know, we love traveling. We love doing missions. It's always good to be able to come back home. Uh, so many missionaries over the years haven't been that fortunate. And so we love to be able to send. We love to be able to come home. Amen. And, uh, but we're, we're just grateful to be here. I'm privileged and honored to be here. Amen. I, I consider this, man, what do I say? 
I see, for, for, let, me, let me just share something. And, you know, I'll try to talk a little bit about who we are in just a moment. But I'm going to tell you, I just, there is such a ministry of excellence about this house. And I love that. My wife will tell you that while we were pastoring, that was my goal is to have uh, a ministry of excellence going out of the house and, and to our community. And uh, we were in a very rural area, but that didn't matter. We wasn't going to run it like a little country church. We were going to run it significant. And I believe that this place is very significant to the kingdom of God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. You're significant. You are significant in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And, and I tell you, I, I just sense in my spirit, there are warriors being trained in this house. Hallelujah. Not, not just students, but warriors. Warriors who will know how to respond um, to the things of the kingdom. Hallelujah. You know, it's good to be a student. It's good to be a disciple. But we learn through discipleship and leadership training how to uh, grow into such a place of leadership that no matter what happens, we're going to be there on the front line for our pastors. We're going to be there on the front line for our community. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The world is not going to hell without a fight from the warriors of God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now is the time to arise and shine and let your light be seen. Hallelujah. We've been hearing that since we got here and, and just, just so grateful of what God is doing. I'm, I mean, I'm, I consider myself um, to be a nobody that became a somebody in Christ. That's all it is. I, you, when you, man, if you only knew my history, you'd be thinking, what in the world is this guy doing even up here? Anybody that has cashmere as their main ringtone, come on, somebody. <laughs> If you're not careful, I'll break into a little ditty. <laughs> oh my goodness. The spirit of the Lord is in this house. I love the, pre I love the presence of God. If, you're, if you visited our table and we want to invite you to do that, come by all the things that we sell out there. 100% of the proceeds goes back into the mission program. We don't take any of that. It all supports what we're doing uh, here and abroad. We do, a, we do as much missions sometimes at home as we do overseas. And so everything you buy throughout this week, buy everything we have because we want to take your money and go to Africa with it. Amen? And uh, we're planning on winning souls and discipling and doing spiritual leadership while we're there. We're really excited about it. Uh, we've got lots, lots of things to share that I really don't have time to go into, but I will tell you this. We're building and establishing. You mentioned something about land and that we would build with our words. And I haven't told you anything really much about what we're doing, but we are going over to establish a missionary training center that will send missionaries, send missionaries, 
and equip missionaries into the 1040 window where there are still thousands of thousands of people who have never heard about Jesus Christ. And I'm really excited about that because we're not just winning souls, Pastor, we're discipling. Amen. Hallelujah. I, when, first time we ever went to Africa, I just realized there was such a need for discipleship. There's so many large crusades, and I've done the crusades. I've ministered on those platforms uh, more than once, but let me tell you, I don't like being able to call hundreds of people forward and lead them in a prayer and then telling them that they're all saved and part of a church without knowing that they're going to be discipled. Hallelujah, without knowing that they have somewhere they can hook up to, the follow-up is important. Man, we've ministered to, to ministers that were still seeking witch doctors for guidance instead of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I'm grateful for what we're doing uh, in, in the world, amen, in the world. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tonight, while I'm ministering, I just, I sense this during worship tonight, and you'll find out that me and my wife like to flow with the Holy Spirit, and so I have to say this. <laughs> tonight, I feel like that God is going to, during, during the message, maybe at the end or whatever, we're going to make some calls here in a little bit, but I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm going to set some people free from habits and addictions, and, and, and listen, some of us call those strongholds, but maybe you're struggling in an area in your life where it has become a habit, and you've even prayed about it, maybe, that you need to be free from it, an addiction somewhere in your life. I'm telling you, even while we're ministering tonight, I believe that through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, you may be sitting right where you're sitting and God is gonna set you free. Come on, somebody, can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something else too. I'd like to know about it when he does. You can, you can give out a whoop. I know that's dangerous for me to say that because it could get out of hand real quick, Pastor Kevin, but I'm a, I want to know if God sets you free right there on the spot. I want to hear it in this place tonight. We want to know that God gets the glory for it. Amen. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. So let him set you free from whatever has held you back. God doesn't want you to be hindered in the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. God. There's going to be healings spiritually in your spirit, emotionally, emotionally. Now, we talk a lot about healing bodily, physically. Matter of fact, I tell you, we put a lot of emphasis on physical healing. How much emphasis do we put on spiritual healing? Maybe you had a broken heart or whatever, but I'm telling you, I believe that God is gonna touch your life tonight and bring a healing to you. Maybe you've went through some traumatic experience and you've been broken down on the inside, maybe emotionally and spiritually broken, but I believe tonight with all my heart that the power of the Holy Ghost tonight is here for you to set you free and to heal you. Hallelujah. Woo! 
Praise the Lord. We'll give glory to God. We, 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 we want to give all the credit, all the honor to God tonight, for he is worthy and we are not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me, let me read you my text. Let's go to Matthew th- chapter 13. How many take notes in the house? Hallelujah. I mean, I listen, while you're turning to Matthew 13, let me just say, it's, you know, we appreciate your love and support that you have already shown us. I mean, we're like the new kids on the block. <laughs> if I could find about three others that felt that way, we might just hook up and do a band or something. I don't know. Write a song. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Woody. Now, seriously, you guys have loved us since we got here, and you've shown us support, even though you really don't know us, but yet we feel the love of God through you. And I love what Pastor Varnell said about the love of God. It's such a, such a, a good, timely word for the body of Christ today. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 13, take notes. God has a special place in heaven for you. Let's read it. Talking about the parable of the wheat and the tares, and then I'll explain it after we've read and prayed. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say the kingdom of heaven. It's like a man who sowed good seed. Everybody say good seed. Into his field. Everybody say his field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed into your field? What a statement. Did you not sow good seed into your field? And, and, then does it ha- and how then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. I want you to notice it's important that you recognize who does what in the kingdom. An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go gather it up? And a man of wisdom, of course, teachings of Jesus, of course, said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, bind them into bundles and burn them, and then gather the wheat into my barn. Weeks ago, when you called and asked me to come and and give the honor to me to speak in this sermon. I, I was doing a lot of study in the book of Matthew. And man, when I came across this scripture, man, I just felt like it jumped out to me. And I just, I just sensed in my spirit that this was what I was to minister on. And I'll tell you the truth. I started writing notes and I wrestled with it ever since. I believe I told you that. I wrestled with ministering this word on this night. And I know why is because it has such a spiritual uh, meaning and message to it. The enemy does not want you to know anything about what I'm fixing to talk about to you. Come on, somebody. 
Hallelujah. And and I'm not to say that I'm bringing great revelation to you, but I'm telling you the enemy is trying to keep the church from arising. But tonight we are showing him, and this week we are showing him, we are not going to stay down. Now is the time to arise. Can I say this? Can I, how many would love me to just be absolutely honest with the truth tonight? We talk a lot about arising in the house of God, but God's saying we need to arise in our community. Come on, somebody. God is saying it's time to arise out of these walls right here in the field, in the field. Go into the field and arise and let your light so shine. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you tonight about the kingdom of heaven and God's field, okay? We're going to talk a little bit about both, and I'll try to do my best to get through this as quick as I can. The entire Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all talk about uh, the kingdom. Jesus taught about the kingdom, the kingdom of uh, God, the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of heaven. And all denote about the same thing under different aspects. Christ is talking about his mediated authority and his rule and reign on the earth. How many knows that Christ is still reigning? But not only is Christ reigning, but it also talks about the blessing and the advantages that flow through us as he reigns through us. Hallelujah, the word and the will of God teaches us that when Jesus talks about the kingdom and the church and the body of Christ, he wants you to rule and to reign under his authority in your life, in your life. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, turn to your neighbor and just kind of nudge him a little bit and say, quit pushing me around. (laughs) Quit pushing me around. Some of you nudged a little too hard. (laughs) Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 18 about humility being a kingdom character. Let me read it to you. At that time, the disciples came. This is in verse 1 through uh, verse four, he said at that time, disciples came to him, and and I can just about imagine this, any of us would probably do this if we were walking with Jesus like they did. Who then is the greatest of the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus looked and called a little child to himself, and he set him in the midst of them, and said, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like this little child, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles, everybody say humble. humble. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. Christ is teaching us that the things of the kingdom are not like the things of mankind. It's it's our nature to want to be great in this world. But Jesus said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you're going to have to stay humble. He, He confronted the tendency of us human beings to associate authority and dominance of greatness over others. 
The world will try to tell you the only way to get to the top is to do whatever you can if it even includes walking over each other to get there. That is the world's domination system. Come on. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. The, domin- the, the dominion and the authority and the kingdom life is for us to live a victorious, fruitful, hallelujah, life. Come on, somebody. God wants us to live fruitful. Hallelujah. He wants you to live victorious. And he wants you to have enough inside of you that you can overthrow every demonic power out there in this world today. Come on, hallelujah. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. Come on, do you believe it tonight? (laughs) It's not about serving our own interest. It's about serving the interest of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, I just believe that some people are going to walk out of this place this week, Pastor. Pow, you know, empowered, empowered. I mean, growth and, and, and uh, more fruit in their lives. Come on. In Romans chapter 5, he talked about kingdom living. Verse 17 says, and I love this portion of scripture, it says, if by one man's office, talking about Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and gift of righteousness, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We ought, to, we ought to learn how to govern. The word, the Greek word reign there means to govern or exercise control instead of being controlled. Amen. How many feel like that, that, you know, if we're not careful, that we will be driven instead of driving? Come on, I want that to sink into you tonight because are we or are we not the body of Christ? Are we or are we not the church of the living God? Hallelujah. God doesn't want you to be driven. He wants you to drive with him leading the way. Hallelujah. Woo. Rain, rain in this life. Heaven on earth, man. (laughs) I don't know about you, but... I want to live like I've got heaven on earth. Man. To back up my statement, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8 said, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I want you to get this in your spirit tonight. This is good word. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing as the body of Christ, the body of believers. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. I love that. I love that. Come on, somebody. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't want to be there. Come on. 
Watch this, watch this, watch this. Let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. God is saying, now is the time to arise and learn how to walk in kingdom principles. Hallelujah. Learn, learn how to govern your life in such a way where you are living the word of God and the truth of it in your life. Quit being driven, quit being tossed, quit letting the enemy try to run your life and destroy you. Am I preaching to anybody in this house? Glory to God. The kingdom of God has been given to us today. And it's called the church. The body of Christ is the kingdom of God for us. And it's here right now. We are in the kingdom. And it's time for the church to wake up. Come on, man. I'm telling you, never in a million years should we have been driven like we have over the last couple of years. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Come on, somebody, because I'm, I'm, con- I'm not convinced that some of you believe that. <laughs> don't hate me because I'm looking good tonight. <laughs> the church needs to wake up from the enemy's slumber and start realizing that the kingdom of God is active and here right now. Right now. And we are living it out right here. The church is alive. The church needs to get strong. Come on, that's why this pastor has classes like he does and they're training you and discipling you and pouring their life into you so that you can be strong as the church of the living God. Hallelujah. I'm getting the sense that the church here in Manford, Oklahoma is not going to be an anemic church. (laughs) Am I talking to anybody? So that's kingdom. That's a little bit about the kingdom. Let's talk about the field. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's talk about this for just a moment. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you about God's field. God's field. To the church at Corinth, and I'll come back to our text here in just a moment. But to the church at Corinth, the apostle Paul wrote these statements. He said, for we, in verse 9, first of all, he said, we are God's fellow workers. And you are God's field. Come on, somebody. You're not picking up what I'm laying down. We are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. You back up just a few verses and in verse six it says, Paul said, recognize there was, there was issues in the Corinthian church and he tried to clear it up by saying this. He said, listen, I plant Apollos waters, 
but God is the one who gives the increase. Why? Because it's his field. It's his field. You're his. You're his. You're in his field. This is not your church. This is not pastor's church. This is Jesus' church. I'm having too much fun up here, man. It's God's field. You're God's field. Man, Paul said, I'm doing my part. Apollos will do his part. Pastor Hurd will do his part. Pastor Kenny Powers will do his part. David Tompkins will do his part wherever in the world he's at. But never forget this. It's God that causes the field to grow and increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul made it clear that God always gives the increase. You know why? God is always in control of what's in his field. God God controls his field and what produces his harvest. Now listen, the tares, I'm going to show you here in just a minute, the tares weren't good for harvest. But God wasn't concerned about that. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, leave it all alone. We'll deal with it when the time of harvest comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's comforting and encouraging to me, and I'll tell you why. Because if we go back and we look at what I read to you out of Matthew 13, when Jesus talks about the simplest of things in parables, he was breaking it down and giving us a simple story to illustrate a spiritual truth, Right? Every time Jesus taught about parables, it was to give us a spiritual truth from the Word of God. And, and, I, and I, I, you know, about one-third of Jesus' teaching is in parables. And this parable in Matthew 13 represents the present and the future. I know it's prophetic. Matter of fact, that's probably one of the reasons I struggled with it is because the harvest time that it talks about is in the end time. It's not like we're harvesting today, but it's talking about the harvest at the end time. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the field is active right now. Come on. And, and seeds are being planted right now. Now the harvest may be down the line and we may never see the kind of harvest that Jesus was talking about here because it's gonna be the angels that'll come and take care of it. I'll show you that. But Jesus said this parable represents the present and the future condition of the gospel church. Now watch this, write it down. Number one, it represents that Christ is always caring for the church. Whether we realize it or not, and sometimes I'm going to tell you, I pastored a while, and you know what? It's, it's hard to imagine sometimes that Christ is still caring for the church. It's, I mean that in the utmost respect. <laughs> but he does. He does. Listen, no matter where you're at in your life, you may be brand new in this thing. You may have been in it for quite a while, but I'm telling you, you're, you are under the care of the Godhead. Number two, 
It represents the present and the future condition of the gospel church because of the devil's opposition against it. Satan opposes everything we're doing here even now. Amen. <laughs> That's why he wrestled with me. I mean, I'm telling you, man, he, he tried every way in the world to get me to go and pull out another sermon that I preached a dozen times because I know it sounds good and it works good and people respond. Yeah. I've never preached this one before. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, man, I, I struggled. I struggled with it only because the devil opposes it. Come on, are you, are you picking up what I'm laying down? Number three, the mixture of the good and the evil in this world. It represents the, the present and the future of the gospel church because there is a mixture, and we see that today. We see the mixture of the good and the evil in the world in which we live in. And number four, the separation between them. We don't see that now. We don't see the separation. The only way we see the separation is because our pastor tells us to stay away from the evil of this world and let your light shine as a child of God. Amen. Now listen, we live in this world. We're not of this world. Come on, somebody. We, we, have, to, we have to live with all these, uh, I mean, you know, I could throw out tons of examples, but you know, the, 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 the enemy has a media, medium out there that is against us and opposing us, and it's up to us to have discernment of how to separate our spiritual life from that mess. But that's still not going to rob the world from evil. The only way the world is going to be robbed from evil is the end time harvest. The end time. When Jesus himself sends the angels to come and tear out the tears, the weeds, hallelujah, of this world and then gather in the harvest in God's field. Come on, somebody. Verse 27, and I made this statement. The servants complained to their master, sir, do you not know? Do you not know how to sow good seed into your field? Did you not sow good seed into your field? And verse 24 says he did. He's, he sowed, the owner of the field sowed good seed. But listen, let me just tell you something. If anything is messed up in God's field, you can be assured it is not Christ's doing. Amen. Come on. If anything is messed up in God's field, I'm telling you right now, I'll take it to the bank. It is not Christ's doing. It's our fault. <laughs> if anything is messed up in the church, God didn't do that. We did that. Come on, somebody. We did that by our lustful desires and you know, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Should I go on? I'm talking to somebody. I'm here to help you out tonight and to challenge you to arise and let your light shine. The church needs to be strong today. Oh yeah, he planted good seeds. 
But we're surrounded by bad ones. We're surrounded by bad influence. Come on, verse 28 said, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go out and gather it all up? And he said, no. While you gather the tares, you're going to destroy the harvest. Hallelujah. God's field. I'm talking about God's field. You are God's field. We've read that in scripture. You are God's field. Can I share with you something? My wife and I have been in ministry now for 36 years. This is our 36th year. We've co-pastored for 20 years and taught people about the kingdom of God, Pastor. We've flown to 32 different countries globally to bring the good news of Christ. We started out in Oklahoma City doing jail ministry and prison ministry and and nursing home ministry and and rescue mission ministry. And and then we expanded from there and began to get calls to to go out of state and and travel from the East Coast to the West Coast. And and, and God moved and then we began to fly overseas. And I don't even know how all that happened. But we've, we've took the good news to the world. And I'm going to tell you something. We've done it enough to tell you. My feet look good. Do you might get that? How beautiful. Countless sermons. Driven and flown thousands of miles to minister. Witnessed thousands come to the Lord and make Jesus as their Savior. I baptized repentant believers into the body of Christ, including 23 converted Al Qaeda Muslims, and baptized them in Lake Victoria, Uganda. Come on, somebody. We've dedicated I don't know how many children. We've experienced things unexplainable and undeniable. Hallelujah. I've anointed the sick. I've watched deaf ears open. I've watched the lame walk. I've I've seen the dead raised. We've buried the faithful and we buried some that were questionable. My calling has brought us into contact with some of the greatest people on the planet. We've had the opportunity to work with some of God's finest generals of faith and charisma. Hallelujah. We've had multiple backgrounds and, and, and we've, we've, we've had, uh, met people with motives and, and uh, good motives and problems in their life and all of that together. What am I saying? Our paths crossed because we were all living in the same field. The blessing of God, the miracles of God, the people of God. I look forward to getting to know you more and more and more because I value your relationship. Listen to me, I'm telling you, we are all in this thing together because we are in God's field. Come on, somebody. After 36 years, Woody, I'm still preaching the same thing I did back at City Rescue Mission in Oklahoma City. Hallelujah. I'm still preaching the same thing, and that is that the gospel has the power to save and to heal and to deliver. 
Christ gave us this parable. Jesus gave us this parable of the seed and the sower. Matter of fact, Pastor Bob did such an amazing job today. And when he got into some of the stuff he got into, man, I was just smiling from ear to ear because I knew the word that he was bringing was right on target with where I was fixing to go. And Pastor Greg has said it all weekend long. We want each one of these services to build off of the one before it. He talked about how that the sower sowed seeds and some seeds fall on bad ground and some seeds fall on good ground and, and the seeds on good ground will produce 30, 60, and even 100-fold harvest. 100% harvest, increase. Everybody say increase. increase. If you abide in him and he abides in you, you're gonna have fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Let's read our text again. I think they've got it. Matthew 13. He put forth a saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field and while men slept. While men slept. The enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. When the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared and so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed into your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go gather it all up? And he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the, the wheat with them. Let them both grow together unto the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather first the tares and then bind them into bundles and burn them. And then gather the wheat into my barn. I want to show you some pictures that I gave the guys back there. This right here is a picture of wheat and tares. And what makes this story, this parable so significant is because those, if you're looking at a field with wheat and tares, you're really not going to see the difference. I mean, when they're young, when they're immature, they look just alike. But one of them's good, one of them's poisonous. The Bible teachers tell us that when Jesus taught this parable, he was probably referring to a plant that is normal in Syria and Palestine, and it's called the bearded darnel, which is a weed that looks like wheat in its young stage. And as they grow up together in the field, they both look almost identical. You can't tell them apart. That's a dangerous place to be for the church. Woo. Come on, somebody. That's a dangerous place to be, to be in the field of God. And man, there's, there's good and evil right side by side and you can't hardly tell them apart. I'm telling you, Jesus was getting us into a message that we ought to have spiritual discernment to learn how to separate and set out, set ourselves apart. Look at this one here. That's what happens as they grow up to harvest time. Can you tell the difference? The wheat is the one that has the head of grain and the tares almost look like a thorn bush to me there. But it only began to show in the maturity. Now, 
Yeah, I know. That, that's another sermon altogether. That's, you got, it's good that you're getting it. It's good that you see it. Because Jesus said, in the maturity, it's going to be my harvest. I'm going to gather the harvest and the junk that looks like thorns. I'm going to gather them up and we're going to burn them. And the ones that have the heads of wheat on it, we're going to use it to feed. We're going to use it to produce. We're going to use it as fruit. Fruit. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's harvest. Good harvest. Good harvest. Matthew 13, verse 36. Close this thing out. His disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares in the field. And he answered to them and said, he he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sold them is the devil and the harvest is at the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will gather him, they will gather them out of the kingdom and things that offend and those that are practicing lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, but then the righteousness will shine. Then the righteousness will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Watch this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We talked about that today. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. We're talking about God's field. It's defined as the entire world and Jesus has established his church into this field as a mandate to do something with it. Each one of us have been called to win souls, make disciples. Amen. Each one of us have been called to win souls and make disciples. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And, and we're living in this field. And, and man, I'm telling you, we recognize those that spiritually can discern. We recognize the evil upon this earth. But I came tonight to give you a message. God is saying, don't be concerned about the evil. Be concerned about your fruit and what you're doing with it. I wish I could have said everything I've said before this a lot faster because this is my message. Quit being so concerned about what the devil is doing upon the face of the earth and start concerning yourself with the good fruit of the heavenly father in his field. You are fruitful. You can produce more fruit and much fruit. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Man, I'm here to tell you tonight, I believe that God has sent me here to to bring this message to you and to challenge you. Now is the time to arise. Now is the time to awake. Now is the time to let our light shine. We got to get busy out there. We got to be, listen, I know our pastors are busy in here. We all have got to get busy out there. I want to show you a picture. One last picture. 
As I close, anybody seen this? I got this from GodTV.com. I, I, probably some of you have seen it on Facebook. And I looked it up and I can't find anything saying that it's not true. But I got it as a write-up from God TV. This man, his name is Adam. He was an atheist. Uh, he was demon oppressed and addicted to drugs. And like many of us probably in this room at one time, suicidal, depressed. But he's a descendant of Charles Spurgeon, a theologian. He's, the, he's one of the grandsons of Charles Spurgeon. Now, friends, if you've seen him and you've seen the way he looks out there, would you have to be careful not to judge him that he might not be cut out for the kingdom of God? I want to touch where we're living today, man. Because if I, if I seen him out there, I don't know if I would see the potential of how God could use him in the kingdom. But I'm going to tell you something. Our world is full of atoms, just like that right there. And when God sees them, he sees them as future sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we have got to get to a place, Pastor, where we are not judging people by what they look like on the outside, but we've got to start seeing the potential, the potential inside of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Come. Woo. See the potential for the kingdom. Oh my God, if you could have seen me back in the 70s, you wouldn't have thought I had any potential for the kingdom. We have got to be busy about the master's business and we are actively working in God's field. I'm asking you tonight to be led by the Spirit. I know you're trained well. I know we've got a lot of people in this place tonight. Listen, you've been trained well. And I pray that good seed is still falling on good ground, producing good harvest. And if it's not, Pastor Bob said it today, it's your choice. It's your choice. If you want to have good ground, 30, 60, and 100% uh, uh, increase, it's your choice. It's what you do with the word. Amen? But we're living in a time where the field is active. And I know that you're training and wanting to send. And I see people going out of this house. I told you I see warriors. I see warriors going into the kingdom. I, I know that in Wichita, you guys are some of the best pastors I know that are doing the work of winning souls and making disciples. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You guys are doing a good work. And you know why? It's because you love your calling. I've talked to you. You don't have bad Mondays like some pastors do. <laughs> You have told me out of your own mouth 
There's never been a time that you felt like resigning after a bad day. That's a pastor who loves his calling. He loves it so much that no amount of discouragement of of immature people, carnal people, whatever, is going to stop him from doing his calling. Come on, somebody. I feel like doing this tonight. And then I'm going to ask the musician, I should have called you guys up a long time ago. I'm going to make a declaration over you because I believe that God is saying this conference is birthing a greater increase in this area. I believe our pastors are going to go home and they're going to see a greater increase for the kingdom of God. And so I wrote these things down and I want to make a declaration over you. How many tonight want to be used in the kingdom of God? How many of you tonight want to be used in God's field? Stand up to your feet. Stand up to your feet all over this place tonight. You raise your hand. You're saying, put me in, coach. Let me be active for the field of God. I pray and declare over you an increase of children for the kingdom of God, sons and daughters of God increasing in the kingdom, people coming from every direction, because they are hearing what God is doing under the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare to you that more people will be learning to be led by the Spirit of God. They will prophesy. They will flow in more gifts of the Holy Spirit. I see the young becoming visionaries. I see this church full of young people and I declare over you an increase of visionaries. According to the book of Acts, the old says they'll become dreamers and have godly dreams, not just dreams because of bad pizza. Godly dreams, spiritual dreams. Worship leaders, oh my Lord. Worship leaders are gonna be doing what we've been hearing. You're gonna prophesy more and more and more beyond the words of just a written song. You're gonna prophesy the truth of God's word through the music. Spiritual leaders being placed in strategic places. I declare that over your lives in the name of Jesus. Spiritual leadership in law enforcement. Spiritual leadership in government offices. Spiritual leadership in the medical teams. Come on, somebody. An increase, an increase of what God needs you and where he needs you to be in his field to keep sowing seeds for growth. I'm here to tell you, Satan is not gonna win this battle. (laughs) Satan is not gonna win this battle, church. I know what the world looks like. I know I live in it just like you do. We serve a victorious God. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to ask all the, the, uh, the prayer team to come up, if you will, and position yourself here tonight.
Shonda, I want you to come up. If you, hallelujah, and join me up here, if you will. Hallelujah. God told me tonight to do two calls. And we've got some prayer teams here tonight to work with you. And the first call that I believe was very specific, it was, it was that there are people struggling to find your identity in the body of Christ. The word tells you one thing, you're struggling to believe what the word says about you. It's an identity crisis, if you will. And I can tell you it's a very prevalent thing upon the earth today in the church and in the body. Because if Satan can keep you from knowing who you really are in Christ, he can hinder your walk and stop the power of God from flowing through your life. If you're struggling in that area, of identity and and feeling like that, uh, uh, you know, I. You've heard who I say that God says you are, but you don't see that in yourself. I want you to step out of the seat right now and make your way down to the front and let these people pray with you. Let them affirm. Let them affirm your identity in the body of Christ. Let them affirm who God has called you to be, sons and daughters, led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. If there's others, just come on down. Just come on down and let them pray over you. Hallelujah. You need a microphone. Do you have anything? I asked Pastor if this was okay. And he confirmed that it was. So tonight, my mission as a global evangelist standing in Lake Church, Manford, Oklahoma, I feel like we're to lay hands on those of you who are ready to be active in the kingdom. You're ready to get your hands dirty. Come on, somebody, did you hear what I said? You're ready to get your hands dirty in the field of God. You're ready to get busy for God to use you at QT. Your trip to Texas at Bucky's. God can use you anywhere. Are you ready? to be used 
If that's you and I'm talking to you and you want us to pray over you, to give you, uh, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit inside of you would give you that boldness and, and the authority that you need to minister. I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to make a line right here. Ushers, if you would help me. We'll do this the best we can. Just start right here and make a straight line all the way across. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. Hallelujah. Are there others? Come on, come on, if that's you. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be like Pastor Bob. I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to go to the ends of the earth if need be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody here? I know this is dangerous, isn't it? Where's my ushers? Can I start down here? You want to help me? Let's start down on this end. Right here. Right here. You in line? Yes. All right. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come this on. is a house of worship. Hallelujah. This Ready? is a place of praise. Can you walk with God? Where every demon trembles, and produces an evangelist to the world that God's speaking. I speak an anointing release, an anointing over you, girl. In the name this of Jesus. is a house of healing. You have our full attention. You have the final say. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. There's resurrection power. Your blood runs through our veins. Your kingdom triumphs over even the coldest grave. 
of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We sing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of
I want to share something that I I had a picture of Sunday when pastor was preaching um, and it was a, a, an experience that David and I had one time in Africa um, but it applies I feel like to the church spiritually and we were at this place and they put us in this little one-room guest house on the beach because they know I like the beach and they were sweet. And every morning I'd get out and go out and some days the tide would be in and sometimes the tide would be out. And it was a vast difference between the two. And when the tide would go out, it would create all of these wonderful things for the people on the shore because they could walk out as, I mean, yeah. I don't know for how far, maybe even up to a mile. I mean, you could hardly see how far you could walk out when the tide went out and the people would gather. They would gather, they would gather sea urchins and fish and cucumbers and lobster and shrimp and stuff that was left on the dry ground. And it became substance for them, Pastor. 
But then at the same time, when the tide began to roll in, they would have to run and get to the shore because otherwise they would be overswept by the tide. And Sunday when I saw this in my spirit, I feel like that's where your church is at. You're on the brink. It's a twofold blessing. Because as the tide goes out, you're going to be able to walk out and you're going to be able to walk on the dry land and you're going to be able to collect the things that God has placed there that's going to help you further the gospel and the vision that God has given to both of you. But then at the same time, it's going to flood back in. And when it floods back in, it's going to drench your church and this community with the spirit and the presence of God like never before. And it's going to create a great harvest. So as the tide goes out and as the tide comes in, I saw that in my spirit that it's going out and it's going to come in and it's going to produce amazing, beautiful, wonderful things that God has for you that you have prayed for for a long, long time and you have sought God for a long time. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Father, I just thank you right now. I just thank you, God, for the vision that you have given these pastors. I thank you for the calling. Oh, God, what a strong anointing and calling that's on their lives. And, Father, I thank you that they've been diligent and they've not given up and they've been persevering and they just keep moving forward, God. Even when it feels like all hell has broken against them and come against them, they just keep moving forward and so we declare right now God that as the tide rolls out and then as the tide comes back in that the blessings will overflow will overflow will overflow and we thank you God and we give you glory and honor and we just worship you in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord blessings blessings sister Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Amen. Do we believe that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a powerful presence of the Lord tonight. I believe people will see this as a time in which they drew a line of demarcation in the sand and they said, no more, I'm stepping over and stepping in and I'm not going back. Amen? There's no time for it. Time is short. It's time for us to be God's field and to be God's building. Amen? We collectively are the house of God. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. God is so good. You get in these services, you don't want them to end. But we realize that we have children's workers. (laughs) And it's important for them to get the kiddos out of the kids' rooms 
But uh, praise God, it's just building and building. And so grateful for everything the Lord is doing and ministering to hearts. The altar is open. If you have more business to do, if you've got more wrestling to do, that's a place to do it. It'll be here. And we look forward to seeing you 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Bob Yandian will be in the house. And then tomorrow night. Now, don't be skipping out because it's me. <laughs> I've heard everything that man's ever had to say. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> but I'm going to keep saying it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. And uh, Father, we just give you praise. We thank you for your sweet presence here tonight. We just see great things happening, burgeoning things, births, impregnation happening, just transformation. We're just so grateful for it. May we walk away in the power that you've displayed in this house tonight. And may we walk in greater dimensions. Expand us, O God. Increase our capacity. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you all. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.